0: Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. The second grade boy sat nervously in his desk, waiting for the first day of school to start. Now, he knew his classmates— He wasn't nervous to make new friends or meet new people, but like any second grader, he knew that there was one thing that was make or break for the entire year. Who's your teacher? And this student hadn't met his teacher yet, but he was about to. Into the room walked a six-foot-two man in his mid to late fifties, wearing a polo shirt. He had the type of build that would intimidate you or I at the gym. This is a tough guy. Can you hear this student's thoughts? Oh boy, this is going to be a tough year. This guy's going to lay down the law. How am I going to make it through this? But after a few minutes of introductions and ground rules, the tension has died down. It turns out, Mr. Miller, a second-grade teacher, is a grandpa with three little granddaughters. He has two cats and loves to read. And more than all that, he's dedicated to making sure that every one of his students is successful in their education. If you ask any one of the kids in that room a few weeks later, they would tell you that Mr. Miller is the kindest man on earth. Have you ever experienced something like this? You thought you knew something about someone from what you saw at first, but without evidence for who they were, you came to the wrong conclusion. Then something happened or you knew or learned something about them that completely changed your perspective about them. Like at the grocery store, that person in the checkout line who asks for some cash because their card isn't working. And you unfairly assumed that it was a financial issue. They insisted on getting your phone number to pay you back. And when they paid you back, they gave you five times the amount that you lent them. Or at work, that first coworker that you meet on your first day at your new job, one cubicle over, the person with a dry sense of humor that intimidates you. After a few weeks, they end up being one of your closest friends there, a person that will stand up for you in any circumstance. And it turns out their humor is pretty good, too. We've all faced these types of situations where you think you know one thing, but then your perspective changes. At first, we might treat that person in the wrong way, but then we learn, and something is different. There was a servant who thought he understood who his boss was. Jesus tells us about this servant in the parable that we have before us today. The master of these three servants was about to go on a journey. But before he left, he wanted to give what belonged to him over to his servants. He was giving these things to them for them to use, like an investment while he was away. So, To each of the servants, he gave a different amount to put to work. Then the master left. He didn't tell the servants how long he'd be gone or when he'd get back, but there was one thing they knew for certain he would come back. Do you see the gears turning in the minds of the one servant who received the smallest amount? He thought he knew something about this master, about his boss. He thought he knew who he was serving. Nothing other than a merciless despot. And his understanding of this master colored how he served the man. I mean, what does he know about this man in the first place? His master had entrusted what belonged to him over to this servant I mean, who puts this kind of responsibility on someone else? These things didn't belong to the servant. And the master gave this servant a task without any timeline. I mean, who expects results without telling another person how long they have to get the job done? The servant only saw this man as merciless. And because of this, it caused him to do what he did. So his fear of the master guided exactly what he did, literally digging a hole and burying what the master had given to him, hiding it away. The master returned, of course, and his boss wanted to know what he had done with what had been given to him. But before the servant gave back that amount that was handed over to him or explained what had happened, he started with his rationale for his actions. He said to the master, Master, I knew that you are a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid, and I went out and hid your gold in the ground. See, here is what belongs to you. Since this was his understanding of who his master was, the man that he served, he did what he thought was best, cutting his losses and giving back what had been given to him in the first place. But the master replied, You worthless, lazy servant. You could have invested it. You could have done anything with it. But instead, you chose to do nothing with what I gave you. How's your work going while you wait for the return of the master? In the parable that Jesus has given to us today, he wants us to see a picture of the heavenly kingdom. We are like these servants, and God, our heavenly Father, is like a master who has gone away on a journey. So how is your work going while you wait for the return of your heavenly Father? First, let's make sure we understand what our heavenly Father has handed over or entrusted to us. Often this parable is called the parable of the talents. We see here that it's a large sum of money. Often we use this word talent to describe our skills or our abilities. But really we might think of anything that God has entrusted to us to be similar to what he has given to these servants. Maybe we could use the word opportunity. This includes anything in your life, in your sphere of influence, your vocation, the relationships that you have, the positions that you hold, and yes, money and talents, any opportunity that God has given to you. So how is your work going while you wait? Have you ever acted like that one bag of gold servant's? Certainly, you know that all these things are from God. Your talents, opportunities, and abilities are from him. But doesn't that make it harder to serve him sometimes? Maybe you're faced with a situation where you know your gifts can be put to use. And you're willing to help out. But your first thought is, well, couldn't someone else do this? Why does it have to be me? Why am I the one that fits this opportunity? Or you go into the situation and you serve, looking willing on the outside, but in your heart, all you're thinking is, I don't want to be doing this at all. Or maybe like that servant, you've seen the opportunity right in front of you, a chance to use those talents and skills that you've been given and instead of using them, you've recognized the situation and gone outside, dug a hole, and buried it away, hiding it. But it doesn't matter which of these descriptions fit you. This isn't a sliding scale. Notice that Jesus wants us to see more than just the fact that this man buried money in the ground. The problem for this man is deeper than the hole that he dug. Now, Jesus wants us to see the attitude of his heart. His problem is with what's going on inside. It's not about the what or the how. It's about the why. What motivated this man to do what he did? His understanding of the man that he served. That he saw his master as nothing but a merciless man. And in the end, the results were worse than what he'd been given in the first place who is banished from the presence of his master and from his joy. This is bigger than just how we use our gifts. It's one of two attitudes that we can all trend toward, either that our talents and abilities have nothing to do with our faith or that God has given us these things, but they're a burden to us. And in either situation, they come from the same place at the core of it all, That spot inside of us that seeks to see God as nothing but a merciless master who's demanding of us, that one talent servant inside of us all. And that person inside of us seeks to avoid doing what God has called us to do, to faithfully use what he has entrusted to us. And if our view of the master is completely dominated by this same view that that servant had, the results that he faced will be the same for us. But let's pause. Let's rewind this story and also zoom out. This whole time, we've been looking at the master through the eyes of that wicked, lazy servant. Through his opinion of who this man is, through his understanding of the master's actions and his words. Let's look instead at what the master does, rather than what this servant tells us about the master. Let's go to the beginning. When this master left, he called his servants in, entrusting what belonged to him to these servants showing that he trusted his servants enough to carry out these tasks that he set before them, giving what belonged to him to them. Not only that, but did you notice that the amounts were given because this master understood what each of his servants would, would need to get their task done. He knew who they were and how they could use these gifts. He understood them perfectly. And in the end... When he returned, he shared in joy with these faithful servants. This isn't a merciless master at all. This is a kind and caring man. This is the God that you serve too. He has given to you your special talents and abilities, the opportunities that you have in your life, each in a special amount given to you in a special way because your God knows you perfectly. But this is just the shallow end of the pool, isn't it? Those things that he entrusts are good, but he gives us something else that overwhelms all of those opportunities and talents in front of us every day. A gift that he gives to us in spite of the hardness of our hearts and the wickedness found there a gift that he gives to us that cleans our hearts and makes them new. God's greatest gift in Jesus Christ. In Jesus, his perfect humility, his perfect service, God has given you mercy in the flesh, his love shown to you. And God has entrusted, handed you over to him. In Jesus, God has given you to him, and in him he has taken your sins upon himself, dying to take away every form of wickedness found within your own heart. And God has given to you what belonged completely to him, his only son. As God became flesh, living among us, not just to serve us and show kindness to us, but to die in our place. So that when God looks at us as his servants, he sees nothing other than Jesus' perfect service and obedience to the will of the Father. This is what our merciful master has given to us. If we just look at the master through the eyes of that wicked, lazy servant, we'll miss what our God is showing us about who he is. A God who gives good gifts. But before all of those gifts that he has given to you, he has already given you the greatest gift in Jesus Christ. There is no doubt who this merciful master is. Look at all that he has given to you. More than that, look at who he has given to you in Jesus. And his salvation. Rick had been at his job for about five years. He viewed himself as a middle-of-the-pack employee. He wasn't the newest on the team, but there were people that had been there longer. He got his work done, he was responsible and resourceful, but he didn't view himself above anyone else. Then one day, Rick's boss called him into his office. Rick, he said, there's a position open for manager that I'm appointing you to fill. Rick was taken aback. He immediately gave every reason for why he shouldn't have this position. Well, boss, John has been here longer than me, and he knows the systems and is more responsible than I am. You should give this position to him. It isn't something that I should be doing. His boss smiled and replied, Rick, I I picked you because I know that you can do this. I know that you have the skills and abilities to fill this position. After that day, Rick's work changed. He was ready to equip others to solve tough problems and to help in every situation. All because of what his boss said to him. Rick was an empowered worker. Look at those two servants who served faithfully. Their service to the master was based upon who they saw the master to be. A man who had entrusted good things to them, knowing how they could serve and giving the right gifts. And their service to him was also quick. They knew that they had time to serve, but they didn't know how long it would be. So they went out quickly to serve their master, knowing that all he asked was for faithfulness. In those servants... I see empowered workers. And in you, I see empowered workers of our Heavenly Father as you serve with your knowledge of who your God is. Parents, as you raise your children, taking care of them, even bringing them here to grow in faith. Those of you who serve here in worship and spiritual life, knowing that your gifts for service are all in order to further the kingdom. But before you even start your work, knowing that this kingdom is among us through Jesus Christ. And those of you who serve in the community through events here at Faith or volunteering out there in the world, showing the love of God to others, because you know the love of God that has been shown to you. We are empowered like those servants, because like them we know who we serve a God who has given us the perfect gifts and the perfect amounts for service to him. And we don't know when he will return. So go quickly and serve him because this is the joy that you look forward to in your master, joy that he has already shown you in Jesus Christ. On the day that that master returned, he called those other two servants before him. These servants served faithfully, knowing who they were serving. And on that day, he shared with them in one more way, showing joy, inviting them into the joy of his kingdom. He said to them, well done, good and faithful servant. Come and share in your master's happiness. This is the joy of your master, of your heavenly father, to see you serving while you wait in this time in between while we wait for the return of our God. And this is the joy of your God, the joy that you look forward to on the day of his returning. And on that day, you look forward to one more joy as God will call you into his presence too and say, well done, good and faithful servant. Come and share in my eternal joy. Amen.